I think they are continuing to shoot themselves in the foot, and I'm surprised they have any bullets left. Well, unfortunately, I am a, a Knicks bandwagoner, which has been a very, very poor choice on my end. So. We never claim to be the most original, except when we're talking about, like, Colin Cowherd. Clearly, he gets all his ideas from us. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Expansion Buddies podcast. Justin, do you know what episode we are on right now? Yes, I know. Do you? We are on episode 30. Yeah, 30. That's exactly right. Good job, Jared. The big... I I didn't know. (laughs) It's all right. Uh, I only know that because I see it every week when I publish it. So, also, that was not a dig at you at all. I promise. That's fair. Uh, no, yeah, episode 30. Uh, for this big milestone, we are joined by someone we've had on the show before, NBA fan, my brother, Jacob Miller. Jake, how's it going? Uh, howdy. I didn't realize I was special enough to be on a commemorative episode of the podcast. You know, I, feel special. I realized it was commemorative, uh, like seconds ago so i'm making it commemorative fair enough this was not the plan ahead of time uh no we wanted to have jake on because if uh any of our loyal listeners remember we've had him on once before to talk about basketball he's a big milwaukee bucks fan but we want to talk about the nba since we really haven't talked about anything other than the nfl for over a month now we've been a little preoccupied uh, with a certain somebody's team winning the Super Bowl, <laughs> is that is that me? Did we? Uh, did we did the Bucks? Uh, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, you've become so accustomed to success already. Geez, it's not even special <laughs> anymore. I'm just joking. Yeah, no, we wanted to talk about just uh, kind of the state of where the NBA is right now. Kind of ha- halfway through the season, this crazy season. Uh, how teams are doing, Jake? How are your Bucks doing? I know they're what second in the East right now. Uh, they're third in the Eastern standings, which um, it's all right. You know, used to two seasons in a row being number one team in the NBA, but uh, this year they're just uh, trying to figure things out for the playoffs. And if they're not number one the regular season, that's fine as long as they get it done when they when they're in the dance. That's what matters. I was gonna say it might be good luck to not be the number one seed because, as you pointed out, the last two seasons you have been in. That didn't go so well in the playoffs. Uh, no, who's number no, two, though, not. in the Eastern? Is it uh, those Nets. Brooklyn Nets? Yeah. <laughs> it is. Yeah, Justin, our resident Nets fan. And he's Use not- Nets fan with a huge, like, <laughs> asterisk next to it. I mean, I will say this, though. You became a fan well before any of the super team well before Kyrie Irving, well before Kevin Durant, before James Harden, Steve Nat, you were not a Nets fan because of any of that. You were a Nets fan because of a fire sale on their merchandise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got a Jeremy Lin jersey and a Nets bucket hat, man. Let's go. If that doesn't tell you he's an OG, I don't know what will. So it's actually Jersey Day at our school tomorrow. I'll be wearing that Jeremy Lin jersey for part of the day. There you go. There you go. Uh, yeah. Jake, I know it was over the very short offseason, the Bucks signed Giannis. They gave him a Supermax, right? Yes, they did. They did give him a Supermax. The last time we were on, you de- you detailed out like a four or five point plan on what Milwaukee had to do to keep Giannis. You were sweating bullets a little bit because you didn't know if he'd be coming back. And to my surprise, they did none of the things they suggested, which is probably why I'm not a NBA general manager. Uh, yeah. I don't think that's true. I think it's just a matter of time. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, yeah, no, I remember one of those things you said that uh, Milwaukee should do is get Chris Paul, and he ended up going to the Suns. Yeah, he did. He did. And um, as much as I would have loved Chris Paul, uh, he is playing rather well with the Suns, and I do like to see that because the Suns are – I think very underappreciated. I agree. I like seeing the Suns do well. Uh, I another team that I'm really actually excited about, besides my Trailblazers, is the Utah Jazz. They are having 
a heck of a season right now. They're 25 and six, I believe is all best record in the league. Uh, kind of running away with the Western standings at the moment. Got a big game on ESPN tonight, Wednesday night against the Lakers coming up. Uh, what, I mean, what are you just thoughts about how the jazz are doing? Well, honestly, this isn't really surprising seeing Rudy Gobert is a two-time defense player of the year and could have very well been a three-time. And Donovan Mitchell has been good since he was a rookie, and he's now just really getting into his stride. And they've got a lot. Mike Conley is probably the best player to never make an all-star team ever. And so it's not surprising that they're not – or that they are doing so well. Yeah, I – I tend to agree with you. I have been somebody who said before, I really, really like Donovan Mitchell. I have liked him pretty much since he came into the league. Uh, He's a super talented, super talented player. And speaking of guys that just got huge deals in the off season, the jazz just gave him a max five year, $195 million extension to his contract to keep him in Utah for a while. Probably the right move. I know he's averaging, uh, at the time of recording this, 24.5 points per game, 5.2 assists, and 4.4 rebounds. He's phenomenal. I, I think Utah probably hasn't seen a player like this, and I'm not going to put him on the same level as John Stockton, but they, there probably hasn't been this much excitement around a player in Utah maybe since the days of John Stockton in the late 90s. I think you're right. I mean, it, you're seeing a lot of – similarities not play style wise because Donovan Mitchell's and John Stockton are very different style of point guards but you see a lot of similarities they're very exciting to watch and maybe the last few years they've just been underperforming a little or maybe they haven't put it all together until now but it's pretty exciting for sure Justin any thoughts on the jazz the team not the not the style of music you like the jazz oh boy um (laughs) That's a little B movie reference for all you fans out there. Uh, that's all I could think of. Great. Film. Uh, I, I, it is a great film. You're right. Oh boy. Jared, not a fan. Um, I found out one of my, uh, no, I'm not going to get on that tangent. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, only on this show, we ask you to talk about basketball and we start talking about the B movie. Um, well, I mean, I, I don't really have anything to add. Um, I haven't watched any basketball. I've barely been, it's barely been on my registrar, registrar, register, radar, something. It's barely been in my attention span. I've had a lot of FFA stuff going on at school. So I have not been paying attention nearly as much to the NBA as, as I should be probably for this podcast. But that's why we got Jake here. True. That is uh, one big reason we had my brother on. Uh, Jake has been watching more NBA than both of us combined, I'm pretty sure, this season. Well, one plus zero (laughs) isn't a lot. Fair enough. Uh, I will say, though, what I was going to say about Utah is one of their uh, six losses, really their only real bad one, I'd say, came at the hands of your Brooklyn Nets. They had a beatdown back in January. Um, and it makes me wonder what would happen if that ended up being the finals. I mean, obviously there's a long ways to go, but I think a Brooklyn Utah finals would be super exciting. That'd be pretty neat. I could, I could get behind it. I get behind it. I think it'd be fun. You'd see a dynasty. Well, not dynasty is the wrong word. Excuse me. A super team that's hoping to be a dynasty with guys like Durant and Kyrie going up against, uh, guys like we've talked about Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Uh, The other thing that's crazy to me is I was just thinking about it recently where Utah was as a team this time a year ago. And obviously the sports landscape looked vastly different across the board Mm -hmm. this time a year ago. But if you'll remember the first time COVID really hit sports was in the NBA and it was because of the Utah jazz Yep. And because of, uh, more specifically, Rudy Gobert. Uh, <laughs> Being a dingbat. Yeah, and then um, there was – what's that? I would like to say that uh, Rudy Gobert, uh, in his defense, should have won defensive player of the year because no one scored after he got COVID for several months. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. Dang. 
Good point. I hadn't thought of it like that. <laughs> uh, no. And then, you know, there was kind of those reports of a, a damaged relationship between him and Donovan Mitchell because of it. And we thought, man, is this going to be, you know, it for Utah? Is this, are they going to split up? I mean, the, the things were shaky at best down there a year ago. And now here we are almost a calendar year later, best record in the league looking like they could uh, go to at least the Western conference finals, if not the finals. I personally think that the Western conference finals could be Lakers jazz, but I don't know. I mean, it's just crazy to think of how they've turned this thing around in a year. And kind of like I was saying earlier, historically speaking, this has to be super, we should have had Ryan on too, our, our one person we know who's a jazz fan, because I would love to know exactly how Utah fans are feeling right now, because I would venture to say they haven't been this excited since the jazz went to the finals twice in the late nineties. And unfortunately for them ran into Jordan's bowls, but I mean, I can't think of anything between then and now that would have got jazz fans this hyped. Hey, the Andre Kirilenko days were, were fun. Sure. <laughs> if that's a name that you recognize, if not, look him up. I've, dude, I've, dude was a baller. Heard, I've heard the name. We'll say that. But uh, no, I'm super excited about the jazz right now. I, if Portland doesn't go far, which, you know, knowing them, they'll get to the playoffs and lose in the first round. I'll have somebody else to root for, and I'm excited for it. The only concern I see is they, they have a lack of playoff experience. They only did make it to the first round last year, although I will say that round one series against the Nuggets where Donovan Mitchell and um, Jamal Murray were yeah. basically having 50-point game competitions against each other. Yeah, dude, those games were shootouts, and it went they to seven. Were. It was a good series. It was, and that's the only thing that concerns me is they – that's really the only playoff experience they have. But that could mean nothing, and it could mean everything at the same time. Well, and the thing is, uh, you know, every team that, you know, at some point they don't have that experience and they have to get it somehow. So I, I don't know, like – Last year, I remember our buddy Ryan saying this. He said he said going into the playoffs when we were doing our playoff predictions, he said, oh, it just doesn't feel like the Jazz's year. You know, they're almost there, but not quite. I, I, this kind of feels like it could be the year. Like, I don't know if it's the year they win the title, but I think they're definitely going deeper than the first round, at least with the way they're playing right now. Now, obviously, injuries can happen. A lot of things can happen in the second half of the season, but – if you're going off just what we've seen so far, I have no reason to pick against this team. I think you're right. And I think if this isn't the year they win or make the championship, I think this is the year they establish themselves as, hey, we're contenders and we can beat teams like the Lakers and the Clippers and those other teams. I think this is the year they can prove that. Yeah, no, they're young, exciting team. I would not have my feelings hurt if they went all the way and won the title. Unless, of course, they ran through my Blazers to do it. But speaking of my Blazers, uh, let's get to a little talk about the All-Star game just a tiny bit because that's coming up here uh, March 7th, right? Uh, I believe, I believe so. Yeah, I know there's a little controversy surrounding the game itself. A lot of players... Don't know why they're even doing an all-star game this year. Hearts don't really seem to be into it. LeBron's been a uh, critic of it. Uh, All that stuff aside, I have some personal controversy with this game because Damian Lillard is not a starter. He is not a starter in the West. And I love Luka Doncic, but he should not be. And let me tell you why, if you gentlemen will indulge me. Do we have a choice? no no you don't so just stat wise dame is averaging 29.6 points per game right now which i believe is like fourth or third in the league at the moment luca is just behind him at 28.9 dame is also averaging 4.13s made per game luca is just at 2.6 so offensively speaking Damian Lillard is just a titch better. However, we put this poll on Twitter on our Expansion Buddies account. The Expansion BU1 is where you can follow us. And we asked, 
should this have been the case? Should Luca be the starter? And overwhelmingly, the people disagree with me and say he should be. And I realize we may have made the mistake of asking this right after uh, Luca hit a ice cold game winner against Boston the other night. I think that was fresh in people's minds. This is going back to my what I know from the playoffs. And I, I'll restate what I said there, basically. Damian Lillard was playing like a man possessed. I think, you know, he deserves every, everything he gets. And I do kind of think he should be starting for the all-star game. That being said, I don't watch enough NBA to really know um, the rest. I kept up with some of the stuff in the playoffs that, that was, you know, a lot of it was with, you know, the, uh, the trailblazer because of you, Jared. So I, I am more familiar with Damian Lillard than other players. Fair enough. Uh, Lillard has been on another tear as of late. Also the trailblazers as a team have lost the last couple games, tough one against Denver the other night, but uh, they they've won eight in a row before that. And the large reason why was the play of Dame. So I don't know. I'm obviously biased and don't get me wrong. I really like Luca It's just Dame has been to six all-star games now, and he has not been a starter yet. So it it bugs me. I I do. I see where you're coming from. Damian Lillard, don't get me wrong here. He's a fantastic player. But at the same time, I think we have to remember that being an all-star starter and an all-star, there's not a big difference there. I mean, the award is being an all-star if we're going to, we're going to, Oh yeah. Come down to apples and oranges here. But I think a lot of it is, is Lillard plays for a very small market team. Luca plays for a team that was really owned by Mark Cuban. I mean, believe me, you're preaching to the choir here. I know that uh, Lillard doesn't always get the respect. I think he deserves because of where he plays. So yeah. And it's Steph Curry. We all knew he was going to be an all-star. I mean, if LeBron played this season. Yes. LeBron, he's an easy pick. Steph, the front court being, um, or the, the back court, excuse me. They get two guards, Steph Curry. You knew they were going to pick Steph Curry. He's a, every yeah. kid that grew up in the 2010s loves Steph Curry. And Luka Doncic is kind of the next Steph Curry. He shoots threes from long range. All the kids love him. He's the new up and coming star. It's mm-hmm. it's not a surprise that he gets the start over um, Lillard, but I mean, at I'm the not, end of the day, they're all stars. I'm not surprised either. I mean, and don't like I said, I love Luca just as much as anybody. He's fun to watch. I think he's great for the sport. Um, he's great for that organization. You know, so yeah. I mean, props to him. I just one of these years, Dame will get a start. I know it. I feel it. So. Uh, that's kind of where we sit with the NBA right now. Uh, Nets are doing good. Bucks are doing good. So our two Eastern Conference boys here are happy. Blazers are sitting fifth in the West right now. So I can't complain. And yeah, it's going to be exciting to see what happens down this second half of the season. Any final NBA thoughts, gentlemen? I would like to say that Devin Booker being snubbed for the All-Star game is uh, Devin Booker other than I think maybe even slightly more so than Damian Litter is the most disrespected NBA player and underappreciated. Oh, Devin. uh, Yeah. The snub was pretty bad, but give Devin Booker a few more years in the league. And if he takes this disrespect for the next few more years, then I'll agree with you. I, I agree, but I still think he, he dude playing balls out. Oh, he should have been an all-star. No doubt. I agree. Well, actually he is, he is replacing Anthony. Oh, so he's an alternate. Yes. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Justin, any final NBA thoughts? Any thoughts about your nets? Um, I hope they keep doing well. I, I clearly need to start watching or paying attention to the NBA more for the podcast because I felt quite unprepared. Oh, it's all right. Uh, you know, the nets with the way they're doing, they might force you to watch down the stretch here if they end up being yeah. one of the only teams left playing. Uh, also, you shouldn't feel too bad because this will serve as a great transition. You hit the nail on the head last week when we were fathoming where Carson Wentz might end up. 
Yeah. Um, I guess if you make enough predictions and guesses, you're going to be, what's, what's the saying? Even a blind pig finds a truffle once in a while. <laughs> Cast a wide net, my friend. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I am pretty happy with it. I think we were discussing it briefly and I told you we needed to save it for the podcast. Um, but yeah, that's the Colts got a heck of a deal. You know, Wentz has had his problems, but they gave up a third and a second, possibly a first for him. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a bargain deal that could, you know, we said the same thing about Cam Newton on the Patriots last year, and that didn't quite work out for him. But yeah, I think Carson Wentz has, you know, a similar upside, I should say. You, and, you know, it might not work out for him. We could be wrong, but I think. I think there's a good chance that they, you know, with Carson Wentz getting the protection that he needs, kind of like I was saying last time, it could end up being really good for him. He could he could end up really thriving in the Colts system. I think both parties are going to benefit greatly here, meaning Carson Wentz and the Colts. Uh, we've talked about that Colts O-line. Man, I would kill for an O-line like that in Seattle. Mm-hmm. A guy like Quentin Nelson, come on. He is, I won't even say an unsung hero of that line. He just is a hero on that team. Three-time pro bowler, has not missed a game as far as I know with them, and just rock solid. And that's exactly what Carson Wentz needs. He needs a line like that, and he needs an organization that will help him. You know, I mean, I think that hopefully that this is a mistake that they learned with Andrew Luck and, uh, you know, being reunited with Frank Reich down there in Indy now, I think it's nothing but good vibes in Indy Yeah, for the foreseeable future, you know, and you want to talk about, you know, like we've talked about with the Jared Goff, Matt Stafford thing, talk about who won the trade. No question about it. The Colts won this trade. No question yeah. about it. Uh, I mean, they play. They paid a flea market price mm-hmm. for Carson Wentz, who, yes, did not have a great last couple of years, but you got to look at the situation he was in. That was not entirely, I wouldn't even say mostly his fault. I mean, you know. No, we were saying that earlier this year. There's a lot to be said for uh, the coaching that Doug Peterson was doing, which I know Alex disagrees in some capacity, but I think – I think Doug Peterson was a huge problem for the Eagles. I know doubt Alex definitely points to a lot more of the front office being an issue. And I don't disagree with him. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's, it's all an issue. And, um, oh yeah. But yeah, that's Carson Wentz is right now. Someone that has a high ceiling. He was playing MVP caliber football, you know, back in 23 years ago. Yeah. yeah. Three, four years ago. Um, who is then dropped down? Yes, I think he has a low floor, but a lot of it, and you can look to the coaching. He does have some mechanic flaws. Um, it, there's there's tons of videos on YouTube that you can watch that point out his mechanical flaws. He's got kind of a strange throwing motion, and he doesn't point his toe like he should when he throws, which I think that's a pretty basic thing. But if that's something he can work on before – he gets too much further out of his young, young years, I guess, if that makes sense, Mm -hmm. you know, he can start to kind of return to that form. But what I wanted to point out too, do you know how many sacks Quentin Nelson has allowed since he entered the league? It it wasn't like two or three, three sacks. Yeah. It's unbelievable. It's crazy, man. Oh, it just three sacks on just shy of 2000 pass blocking snaps. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake, I'm sure your Bengals could use an O line like that too. Uh, yeah, they could because they let old, old Joey B just uh, die out there last season. Yeah, yeah, they did. Uh, what do you think about this whole Carson Wentz to Indy thing, though? Um, I wasn't really. I saw Carson Wentz as the clear trade option after Matt Stafford was gone, because other than Matt Stafford, the Colts really couldn't. They played too well last season to get a good enough draft pick to draft one of the top three guys. And other than that, I don't 
Cam Newton, is he better than Carson well, Wentz? Do or? you think they had a realistic mm. shot to go after Watson, though? Um, hmm. I think they would have to give up too much for Deshaun Watson because it is an in-division trade. Yeah, you know the, the Texans t- were not going to give him away without – They would have twisted their arm a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I think they would have had to give away, you know, something a lot bigger – than they wanted to give but i i don't know there are some you know there's probably an argument to be made that they could have gone after cam newton i don't think it's a good argument but (laughs) yeah there's a lot of like i think you know with sports reporting and news being the way it is everybody's trying for the hot take of like will cam newton be in the league next year yeah he's he's gonna be the league i think at the very worst he's gonna be a backup Mm -hmm. that's that's if someone is you know Ends oh, up with a really bad quarterback situation. I, I think he's for sure a backup. I mean, he's better than 75% of the backups out there now. Yeah, he's, yeah, at worst a backup. I mean, I don't know. As we said, the whole Cam Newton Patriots experience or experiment did not work <laughs> this season. Uh, I I really haven't even put a whole lot of thought into what's going to happen there. Um, I'm, But as far as this Carson Wentz thing goes, I think it's a – really good fit actually for both sides i mean you just had the colts who they basically had philip rivers on loan for a year at the end of his career mm-hmm. uh they need a guy back there and what do they still have jacoby Brissett? i mean he's solid but he's not the i answer. actually think he's a he's a free agent this he year. is but i think the colts are stupid to get rid of him he yeah. is well yeah. well quite not not quite starting caliber but he is i think one of if not the best backup in the league he's a really good one and uh this is not a knock on carson wentz but with his injury history they better have a pretty solid backup yep. they need know. to have they need to have that solid backup and i think jacoby Brissett is exactly the man you want as backup because we've seen he can't quite he can't quite start he's just shy of that that area but he's a tried and true backup you yeah. know that's what he is he, he gets in and he can get the job done you know in place of your starter mm-hmm. yeah so i don't know i think it's a really uh fit a plus move by the colts i mean mm-hmm. a, a plus and yeah I, the expansion buddies rating is an a plus we give you our seal of approval indianapolis yeah i know you were looking for it yep 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 uh, somewhere their front office just had a big sigh of relief like oh finally the expansion buddies who, who cares if we please all of our fans <laughs> you know we please the expansion buddies that's what matters yep um no it's a great move and let's let's flip it to the eagles side of things because i think this i, I think the eagles giving him up for crumbs essentially is kind of a testament to how damaged the relationship was. I mean, did yeah. you did you hear that report that allegedly Carson Wentz did not speak to Doug Peterson for like months this last season? I did hear that. Oh, that's that's terrible. You can't have that kind of coach player relationship. Does not in work. the NFL. You you have to build some form of relationship with your players, and that goes back to kind of the talk we had last week about guys like. Um, uh, Sala and uh yeah and and their ability to to build those character or those player relations we've seen it you know time and time again these guys come in and they're touted as offensive or defensive masterminds looking at you uh Adam Gase but they just <laughs> either well that in that case he was no no I know either offense over or defensive he anything. wasn't a mastermind of anything but the mastermind stooge <laughs> yeah he is um but he it, it's been clear on reports that he just was pissing players off left and right you know yeah and it cost him great personnel that could have been different make difference makers on a, a good or difference makers in making them a good team yep um you know, and we're we're seeing the same thing, you know. Well, we're seeing the fact that, you know, those good player relations are important. Oh, it's um, it's crucial, especially yeah. with your quarterback. I mean, especially with no. your quarterback. Uh yeah, it was a bad situation in Philly. Uh, and they've pretty much 
I won't say completely cleaned house, but with Peterson gone, Wentz now gone, it begs the question for me anyway, uh, if you're the Eagles and you have the sixth overall pick, which you do in this year's draft, what do you do? Do you opt to build around Jalen Hurts, somebody who we really haven't seen, I think is true colors, so to speak, as a quarterback? He, he's untested. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he played, what, three games at the end of the season? Some pretty meaningless snaps this last year. Yeah, he, he had the, the game against the Cardinals where – um, he looked good, but again, you're playing a brand new quarterback. It is hard to game plan for someone you haven't seen in action. Yep. Um, yeah, no, he, we didn't see enough of him and the Eagles, like I said, my question is, do they opt to build around him? So with that sixth pick, do they go after a receiver, a really good receiver? Because there could be some, uh, pretty big name guys on the board still at six if you're a receiver and some guys that come to mind are jamar chase from lsu jalen waddle from alabama or maybe even devonta smith the heisman winner from alabama i mean there's some really good receivers that the eagles could go after or do you draft a quarterback with that sixth pick assuming that obviously trevor lawrence will be off the board by then you could still have justin fields from ohio state you could still have Zach Wilson, the BYU kid who there's a lot of hype around, or the Eagles could repeat history and go to North Dakota state one more time and draft Trey Lance. Uh, you know, there's going to be pretty good talent in both of those positions still left on the board. So my question to you both is if you're the Eagles, what do you do? Good question. Um, so they drafted Jalen hurts in the second round last year. So they they didn't put a huge investment into him. Nope. But they also did have a late first round pick. Um I kind of think they might tr- I feel like I feel like they've kind of hitched their wagon to this or at least the Eagles under Doug Peterson did. Um and they that might change. But I do think they support Jalen Hurts and try to, you know, at least see what this year looks like with him under center. I think they wouldn't be – and besides, it's – you know, while it's kind of callous to say, there are going to be more quarterbacks next year. Oh, yeah. There will be other quarterback opportunities Mm -hmm. if he ends up not working out. And I think they could be smart in maybe picking up a receiver, but I'd more look at – you know, something that's going to help any future quarterbacks, even if they're not Jalen Hurts or Jalen Hurts or otherwise, look at linemen that are going to help protect him, give him that time in the pocket. Um, Yeah, look for receivers, you know. I think either of those would be good, and I think that's the way I would go if I was the Eagles, but kind of like what Jake was saying earlier about not being a manager, I'm not a, <laughs> I'm not a front office man for the Eagles. I would go after some offensive line help and maybe look at for some receivers in free agency. Cause there's going to be some, there's going to be some good ones out in free agency, whether or not they actually hit the market or not. That was the question. Yeah. This is going to be a super, super crucial draft for Philadelphia. I mean, that pick is going to, there's a lot riding on it one way or another. And I honestly don't know what the right answer is as far as what you go after Jake, what do you think? And, and you're um, funny enough, your bang, your Bengals pick right before them. They do, and uh, the Bengals they bumped up one to five, they're getting they're improving slowly <laughs> but surely. Um, I agree a lot with Justin. I think that I think really with the six pick, you're you're almost guaranteed to get a a good player on the board unless you try to mess it up. But um, I'm looking at you, s- Bears. I am Mitch not Trubisky. sold on any quarterback besides. Uh, Trevor Lawrence and they will not get Trevor Lawrence no so I think that I'm not sold on Justin Fields or Trey Lance or Zach Wilson I I mean I think two of those three turn out to be good I don't know which two so that's why I'm not sold but I think safe take I think if Panay Sewell's on the board which hopefully he is not Oh my Oregon boy! Draft him at hopefully the Bengals draft him at five, but if Panay Sewell is on the board, 
I think you take him over any receiver. But more likely than not, he will not be. So I think the safe pick for them at six is they haven't had a real stud wide receiver in Philadelphia for quite some time. I think they get wide receiver. I was thinking that too, honestly. You, I think about this franchise and looking back at the history of this team, when you think about their like franchise face, like the guy that defines their franchise for certain eras, maybe besides Donovan McNabb, I think a guy's like Terrell Owens. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a franchise that historically they like their receivers. You know, you've had Alshon Jeffrey. Um, they, I don't know. I could totally see them going after Devonta Smith if he's still there. In fact, I think they'd be dumb not to if he's still there at six. Uh, the kid did not win the Heisman for no reason. But I, I kind of am in agreement with you guys. I think they opt to stay with Jalen Hurts, uh, give him a chance, build around him. Um, and part of building around him, Jake, is like you said, an offensive line is just as important as a good receiver. And uh, a guy like Sewell would be brilliant for them. Now, I could also see this being one of those things that if by some miracle he was still on the board and they did take him, uh, can't you guys see a lot of Eagles fans just like hating that pick? Cause it's not a yeah. uh, receiver. <laughs> mm-hmm. See, I, yeah, I think the Eagles, oh God, they need to do stuff on the offensive side of the ball, I think um, to support Jalen hurts, but I, I still, and you guys are saying receiver. I still think they try to get an O-lineman just, they didn't have the worst O-line this past year, technically. But it was one that was really beat up a lot of the time. And yeah. it. Well, we saw what it resulted in. Yeah. Oh, oh go ahead, Jake. The other thing is this. If, if Jalen Hurts isn't the guy, you don't need to replace him right now. You have a whole season, a whole mm-hmm. seven rounds to draft guys, free agency to get guys to build around him. And if he is the guy, that's great. And if he's not, there's another – there's there's more guys next year. Yep. This, it's not like he's going to – it's not like their championship window is this season and they have to – No, not even a little bit. <laughs> they've got – they've got – if he's not the guy, that's okay. But you've got a whole season to see that. The other thing with the new salary cap – or not salary – yeah, salary cap coming in, there's going to be a lot more guys that are going to be hitting free agents here pretty soon that teams just aren't going to be able to afford. Um, I think eventually contracts will – shift out but i think there's going to be some you know people out that even though teams want to keep them they're not going to be able to keep them you know my tampa bay buccaneers right now are looking at the fact that like chris godwin is going to be a free agent levante david on the defensive side of the ball is going to be a free agent you know guys that have helped us get where we were this past year but we just might not have the money to keep them Yeah, uh, I think a lot of teams are going to be feeling that that often comes on the heels of success rent is due and you can't pay everybody. Uh, But whatever happens with this sixth pick when you have a top 10 pick, you know, uh, realistically speaking, whoever you are, you are expected to use that pick to make a franchise altering decision, you know, you are expected to use that pick to pick probably your new face of the franchise, whoever that may be. Uh, so whoever the Eagles go with they're like I said, there's going to be a lot riding on it and um, they better just do it right. You know, which can we talk about how kind of silly that, that expectation is because you don't know how someone's going to transfer from college to the NFL. Oh, uh, like, absolutely. That's, it's kind of an unrealistic pick. Like I see, I feel like, top 10 picks just as often as they go right they go wrong so what you're doing really is the draft you're taking a gamble on a kid coming out of college right and what i guess i think a lot of the i guess expectation and maybe misconstrued expectation of it is is that when you're in the higher picks like that the risk is supposedly lower but it's not obviously we don't know how any of these guys are going to pan out you know, the jump from the college to the pros is still a pretty big jump, you know? So yeah, I mean, it is, it's unfair, I guess, to 
put that much on it in terms of like people's jobs and stuff, because there has been front office personnel that literally lose their jobs over a failed draft. Um, but how, how can you know, you know, really, how can you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. It's crazy, but a lot of eyes are going to be tuned in on that Eagles number six pick now, especially because of this whole Carson Wentz deal. Um, yeah. Crazy stuff in the NFL, even though the season is over. True that. That's the thing. There's ne- there's never a shortage of NFL news. No, no, there is not. Um, that's why I'm here, because I don't know anything about basketball. Oh <laughs> uh, Well, like you said, there's always something to talk about in the NFL. This was just the big thing this week. Uh, Deshaun Watson at the time of this still up for grabs, supposedly, you know, he's not officially out the door in Houston yet, but it's coming. Uh, JJ Watt. I hear that there's a kind of three contenders. It's been narrowed down to Buffalo, uh, Green Bay, and I think uh, Tennessee. Really? Tennessee? I had not heard that. Yeah. I mean, if you're J.J. Watt, what better way to stick it to your old team than going to a division rival and playing them twice a year and wreaking and havoc? And used to be in Texas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That Texans-Titans uh, rivalry runs. There's some bad blood still there for sure. Yeah, that'd be crazy see where J.J. Watt ends up. But, uh, yeah, as far as we know, those guys have not gone anywhere yet. Knowing our luck, by the time we're done recording tonight, news will break that they both found new homes. Yep, probably. That's how our luck goes. That's how it goes with the expansion buddies. Sometimes, as Justin knows, we speak it into existence also. Yep, yep. They call me Justin the Oracle. (laughs) They do. They don't call me that. I was going to say, I've never heard that. Uh, Jake, we do have a little extra time remaining. Do you want to give us a little talk on the Bengals? I know you kind of said that you think they should go after – offensive line and i can't say i disagree with you after what happened to joe burrow this season but uh how do you see your guys's offseason shaking out uh well it it all depends on if they they try to keep joe burrow upright and breathing if they do that <laughs> whether or not they kill him or not <laughs> yeah if they do things to improve that it's been a good offseason if they don't uh it's been a bad offseason but yeah. uh I think it's pretty obvious from the 11 or 10 and a half games he played that uh, he is the guy that they thought he was. Oh, 100%. He just needs to um, not be on the turf as often as he is. Here's here's a question. not his fault. True. Here's a question for both of you. If Joe Burrow had not had that uh, horrific injury and played out a full season – the way he was playing, that's a very important caveat. Do you think he would have taken rookie of the year from my boy Justin Herbert? Um, ooh, that's a tough one. Because they were both having phenomenal seasons. I think it would have been close. I think Burrow probably would have eked it out had he continued playing the way he was. I tend to agree. I would have to agree as well because – just from I watched every Bengals game and some of them were very painful. The only reason they were in the game and lost by the only games they that Joe Burrow lost by more than one score was to the Ravens twice, which the Ravens uh, kind of steamrolled them both times, but that's okay. Um, but other than that, they were either one score behind in every game that he played, which. And they did beat the Titans at the time when the Titans were, I believe, eight and one. Yeah, they were. I remember people. They were really well. I think he would have edged it out because I don't know, just from what I watched for, from him, he he just it's like he wanted to win just a little bit more than everyone else out there. And I think he would have found ways to win games toward the end of the season. Yeah. So let me ask you this, Jake. If the Bengals don't wise up, if they continue to put out the same thing for Joe Burrow, you know, crappy O-line, you know, that puts him on the ground all the time, do you think Joe Burrow just demands a trade or demands to get out of there? Um, 
I don't think he does that because from what I've seen, the type of player he is, every time he did get pummeled during game in the post-game interview, he would usually just say, I need to get the ball out quicker or it was my fault or it's okay. I like getting hit sometimes, which he's a very – I feel like he's a very professional athlete and I don't feel like he would ever ask for a trade, but I think that if they did not protect him for the – five seasons his rookie contract is then when he was a free agent he would definitely uh leave but hopefully they don't they don't let that happen well just like i said with the eagles uh, at number five your guys's pick you got a lot riding on that too potentially a franchise uh trajectory changing pick there also it's going to be interesting to see how this draft shakes out i'm excited to dive into all of the potential selections at a later date yeah, we'll have to do a whole draft episode. We will for sure. Well, uh, we're not quite at time yet, but we are going to keep, we're going to try to keep this episode a little shorter. Um, but we do still have to give our shout outs for the week. So do you gentlemen have a shout out to give? I have one to give. It's not for any sports reason. Um, I just had a meeting though with one of our general stores here in Hot Springs and um, one of my students who's been making Damascus steel and been doing some jewelry is going to hopefully should everything work out as kind of planned, start selling his jewelry here. That's awesome. Which is very cool. Very awesome. Uh, one of Justin's students gets a shout out this week. Shout out to Lincoln. If, if he listens to this, I don't think he does. All right, Lincoln. Well, if you are listening, congratulations, my man. That's awesome. Jake, do you have a shout out? Um, do I have a shout out? Um, let me, let me, let me think about that. I'll let you go first. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, I'm going to shout out an entire football program. I am going to shout out the Tarleton state Texans football program. They are an FCS school. Uh, FCS is just starting their spring season an unprecedented spring season, Normally they play in the fall, just like everybody else. We know that because our beloved Montana state Bobcats are an FCS school. Tarleton state just moved up this year to division one FCS. They were a division two school before that. And last Saturday they put an absolute beat down on New Mexico state 43 to 17 last Saturday, New Mexico state fun fact is the only FBS school that was going to play some games this spring. And they just got embarrassed by a team that a year ago was division two. That's a really bad look. If uh, you're the Aggies, but Hey, if you're this Texans, what a program defining win. That's awesome. Uh, you got a new fan in me this spring, Tarleton state, because my Bobcats won't be playing. So I need somebody to root for, and I will don the purple and white proudly. That's exciting. That's awesome, man. I, FCS football is so much fun. I've talked about it before on the show. Uh, huge proponent of it. If you don't know what it is, check it out. It is some of the most exciting football I think you'll ever watch. But there goes my shout-out, Tarleton State. All right, Jake, now now you're on the spot. You have to give one. Okay. My shout-out, I don't know if you guys saw this uh, NBA game. I believe it was Saturday night. But shout-out to uh, Terry Rozier of the Charlotte Hornets for um, – in the final, I believe, 10 seconds of the game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Warriors, uh, Draymond Green, got a double technical and got ejected. And Terry Rozier hit two clutch free throws to tie the game at 100. And then they got the ball back because it was a double technical. And Terry Rozier sunk the game winning two for the Hornets to beat the Warriors. So shout out to him for uh, being clutch. That's a good one. I did see that. Anytime the Warriors lose, it's hilarious. And especially when they lose because Draymond Green threw a hissy fit. I think it's funny. I agree. Uh, those were three pretty good shout outs this week, guys. I don't normally rank our shout outs on this show, but I think this, <laughs> this might be. Shout, some... shout out to our shout outs. Sh- yeah, shout out. We'll do a shout out ranking sometime. <laughs> uh, Episode 60, ranking all the shout outs. Oh, boy. I Yeah, well at this pace we'll be at 60 before we know it in double the amount of time it took us to get to 30 we'll be at 60 that's yeah unless we start pumping out two a week which we won't actually well that's a little off because we did miss a week we did have a week off 
uh, right around Christmas time. So that I think is it was true. the week of Christmas, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, Christmas. But other than that, we have been here every Thursday for your listening pleasure. And to all of you who do listen to us, we thank you for tuning in every week, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast. Thanks for making us part of your Thursday or your Friday or whenever you listen. But we do publish for you every Thursday. Uh, Jake, thanks so much for joining us again, for coming back on the show to talk about some more hoops. Oh, anytime. It's my it's my forte. We need some NBA insiders, you know, because obviously Justin and I, we don't, I mean, I enjoy the NBA, but together we don't watch a ton of it compared to you or our buddy Ryan. So, Well, I'm happy to be one of the, your, your guys for your NBA uh, knowledge. Yeah, well, we appreciate it. We'll be sure to have you back on uh, at some point, probably closer to the playoffs in the playoffs, or hey, maybe if your Bucks go to the finals this year, we'll have you back. That would be fantastic. I'm sure you'd have a lot to say then. I would indeed. All right. Well, thanks again for joining us. Like I said, thank you all for listening. Be sure to check us out on whatever platform you prefer. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at the expansion BU one. That's the expansion BU followed by the number one. Uh, We're putting polls up all the time, trying to engage with you guys. We've been trying to get some NBA official Twitter accounts to follow us because I see how active they are, but no one responds to us. So apparently we're not quite that big yet. Well, when Kyle tweets, retweets us, then, then we're going to be making it big. Then we'll make it the big time. Yeah. I, uh, I've reached out to the Sacramento Kings twice over the last like month. And one of the most active profiles on Twitter, just radio silence with us. So, all right, Kings, we, we, we see what you're about. Uh, no, in our, in our new ranking of uh, NBA teams, Sacramento Kings worst. <laughs> Always worst. You're, you're very close to accurate on that. <laughs> <laughs> yikes! Yikes! Uh, no, thanks, Jake, for joining us. Thank you all for listening one more time. Uh, thanks, Justin, for being my rock solid co-host as always. Anytime, buddy. All right. Oh, oh, what were you gonna say? Go ahead. You got nope, time. Nothing. No, nope. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm good. All right. All right. Uh, thank you all one more time. For tuning into the expansion buddies we'll catch you next thursday and never forget party like it's 1976.